Greetings. Good evening. Welcome back once again to Live from Roswell. I'm your host, Guy Malone, broadcasting to you live from sunny Roswell, New Mexico, where all your bases are belong to us. Uh, that opening music you just heard is my new theme music for the program, sent to me by Chris Putnam. And he is also linked from livefromroswell.com right now as our MySpace featured artist of the week. That song that uh, was playing right there, that clip, was the start to his original work called Alien Resistance, and he made it just for us and for this program. Cool, huh? Uh, speaking of Alien Resistance, communication services for this program, live from Roswell, are provided by alienresistance.org, which offers you biblical perspectives on the abduction phenomena, pastoral counseling for those who want it stopped, as well as lecture DVDs from top ufology researchers recorded here in sunny Roswell, New Mexico, over the last few years. You can check all that out at alienresistance.org. And you, too, can have your product or your service or maybe just yourself plugged on this program, if you like. We offer commercial rates beginning at just $250 for 10, count them, 10 30-second commercials on this program either scattered across several weeks or scattered over all day long on the Paranormal Radio Network, which has lots of good hosts on Internet Talk Radio programming. Email me, Guy Malone. You can email me at talktome at livefromroswell.com for a full rate, full rate card, as well as you can email me if you'd like to interact on this program with us tonight. But tonight's guest is Chris Ward, author of Case Files of an Internet Exorcist, who we'll be talking with in just a second. But first, just for fun, I'm on this sci-fi mailing list, and I, they sent out the top list of top sci-fi answers to the question, what did you do over your summer vacation? <laughs> and Chris, our guest is a teacher tonight, is also a teacher in Florida, so I thought it would be fun to answer that in sci-fi answers form. I'm going to share a few of those with you now, just in case you get asked that same question from Chris White's top five mailing list, sci-fi answers to what did you do over your summer vacation. Just a few of them, actually, though. The number 10 one is, I demolished a planet to make space for an interstellar bypass. You? Number eight, I took a long trip with some humorless dwarfs to see a mountain and help fight goblins and a dragon, and all I got out of it was this lousy ring. What did I do over my summer vacation? Ventured outside my mom's basement, saw my shadow, returned for three months. Number two, Mommy says we're on the kind of summer vacation that lasts forever. I kind of miss Caprica City Elementary, though. I think something bad happened. You can get all those for the whole list. Log on to livefromroswell.com and just scroll down to the right side of the page for my Sunday funnies. But enough of that silliness, folks. My guest, as I said tonight, is Dr. Chris Ward. He's a deliverance minister, a.k.a. an exorcist to some and he's senior pastor of Logos Christian Fellowship in Leesburg, Florida. Now, aside from Chris and I going way back to well before any of you ever heard of me, Chris's work has been featured on MSNBC, on The Learning Channel, Tampa 10, Penn & Teller, Glenn Beck, and Charisma Magazine, to name a few of them. How's things going in sunny Florida there, Chris? <laughs> well, today it's beautiful. We had a couple of hurricanes blow through here, but it's really nice today. Well, you're not a Dallas Cowboys fan, by the way, are you? Because I'd hate to be ruining your Sunday night with a radio interview if you'd rather be watching that. No, I don't have time for sports. <laughs> okay, good. 
Yeah, uh, for those that do, Chicago is up three to nothing. If anyone cares, uh, kind of watch it with the sound down sometime when I've got the program going. You guys know that. But Chris, I know from knowing you, but also from your bio, this is kind of the first question, the introductory. I wanted to throw out that uh, decades ago, so you walked a point in the Vietnam War years and years ago, but you've spent the last couple decades uh, studying, receiving ministry degrees and pastoring. So. Just to warm it up, i got to ask, that seems like a kind of a large leap. Uh, how'd you go from being a soldier in the Vietnam War to pastoring a church and then being known for doing exorcisms? Well, it's not as large a leap as you think it is. Uh, first of all, after Vietnam, I did walk point with the Strike Force Widowmakers. Uh, that's the Recondo, the second pilot goose of the 101st Airborne. They're paratroopers. And the group I was in was elite group a very uh, fine fighting men, uh, well-trained for all kinds of counterinsurgency warfare and civil warfare. Uh, I walked point there, and um, I spent a year in Vietnam, uh, first time with the Bloody Red One, and my unit was completely decimated that on April 1st at the Battle of Abu. I was one of eight survivors, and they asked me where I'd like to go, so I said I'd like to go to the 101st, because I was airborne. And uh, I got assigned, I went to Jungle Devil School, and I went from there to the 101st Airborne Recon. Um, and I saw men in combat, and I saw things that they would do that they would not normally do. And so uh, it's not as big a leap as you think from being in war, where things are very satanic, very demonic, very depressive, and where you see people actually manifest in all kinds of demonic behavior that they would never normally uh, do. So when I came back to Vietnam, I was pretty messed up. I was an alcohol and drug abuser. And uh, I went to a prayer meeting one night, and this really fine couple, and this is in Lake Elsinore, California, prayed for me on a Wednesday night. And this was seven years after the war was over. And I was completely delivered. I mean, for the first time since I'd gone to Vietnam, I actually uh, cried and I wept. I released my grief. And I, it was amazing that I was like healed. I was a completely different person, just in that simple prayer of deliverance. And that's when I knew the power of prayer and the power of intercession and that prayer is healing. So I, I consider myself personally uh, as becoming a healer because I've taken my experience and I have great compassion for others who go through trauma and all kinds of terrible things in this world. And I decided that I wanted to do this um, and become a deliverance minister. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> Early 70s? Oh, yeah. I would say uh, I got home in 68. I got out in 69. So it's somewhere around that time, probably around 72, 73. Uh, not long after, I actually got married. Tarita. Yes, I'm still married. Been married 35 years this December. And she's actually a partner with you in, in all of this, right? Yeah, uh, we were in a little church in Martinez, California called Agape uh, Christian Center. And one night, uh, a man came up, who Bob McLaughlin, who was a minister, and he had a word of knowledge for us, and he told us that the Lord was going to couple us in ministry. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but over the years I've discovered that 
whenever I'm praying for somebody and I, I get blocked, you know, like there's some kind of a shield up and I can't tell what's going on to help them spiritually, I just ask my wife to pray for the person. And it seems like the spirits, uh, the demonic spirits, can't, can't uh, handle two people at once. So the minute she starts praying, it kind of, uh, they focus on her. And so I get that spiritual relief for a moment, and the Lord reveals to me, uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, all kinds of things to help the person to get delivered. Like simple things, like the names of the spirits, um, what caused it, etc., so that we can do some real spiritual healing. So my wife and I are linked together in ministry. I, I would never go anywhere without her. I wouldn't try to do conduct deliverance or even in an extreme case an exorcism uh, without my wife present there. If it's okay, um, just uh, can we start out with the working definition of what an exorcism is to make sure people listening are kind of speaking the same language or, or know what you're talking about oh, yeah. exactly? Sure. You know, I grew up a Roman Catholic, uh, but over the years I've been so set free of religion and you know in general that uh, I personally uh, I'm not you know war with any denomination, but I I minister to so many denominations now uh, Roman Catholic. I've done exorcisms alongside and with a Roman Catholic priest, uh, the Coptic Church, the Lebanese Coptic Church, the uh, Christian Coptic Church, the Orthodox Church, and almost every denomination in America. So for me, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, you know, opposed to denominations, just that the, being a denominational person would limit the work and the opportunity that I would have. But growing up a Roman Catholic, and this is in the old Latin Church, I was quite familiar with, um, you know, prayers and intercessory prayers and, and even uh, terms for exorcism. Um, but let me tell you what it is, Logos, because it's a little bit different. First of all, um, when people come to our healing and deliverance meeting, which is the first Saturday of every month, we, we don't charge for it. It's absolutely, totally free. Uh, we do not even take an offering. We just want to minister to people and help them get set free. But Scripture says, freely you receive, freely give. So that's what we do. And during these meetings, people come to us, and they'll manifest at all kinds of different levels. Uh, or they want help in certain levels, or they want healing, or they want to be delivered or set free. We've had several people come, you know, um, hundreds of people come for deliverance from um, alien encounters and UFO encounters and things like that. And um, as well as, you know, things like incubus and succubus and uh, demonic presence and touching and things like that, appearing voices having a ghost in the house, and we've cleared lots of houses. And that's all at just a simple deliverance level. Uh, really doesn't need to have anything extra. And so when I call my uh, Jesus team to meet first Saturday of the month, uh, they know it's just a, a healing and deliverance meeting. But when I call them for an exorcism, they know that they need to pray up, need to fast, they need to get prepared spiritually to help me. Because some, once you start, uh, when people are at a very you know, high, intense level where they have a demonic spirit that's actually a presence, um, then what we have to do is we really need to go in there with that person individually, not as a group. And sometimes, you know, it'll take um, anywhere from three to nine hours. Sometimes it'll take uh, more than a day or a week. Sometimes we've worked on some people uh, as they could physically handle it uh, for a couple years. Depends what they're up to and what they're able to handle. Because uh, an exorcism is a is a spiritual battle, and people are really fighting uh, 
for their own salvation, their own deliverance, and to be set free from a, a spiritual presence. So for me, an exorcism is is uh, is quite rare as opposed to you know normal end, uh, deliverance and healing that many people need and many Christians in fact need. Uh, we all talk about you know we think it's funny we talk about OCDs, uh, obsessive compulsive disorders or behaviors. And many of us have them, and the fact is that they are really spiritual in origin. They're spiritual in depth, and a person can't normally do it on their own. They need the help of the Holy Spirit. They need somebody to walk them through it, somebody that's been there before, and they need deliverance and healing. So I hope that makes it kind of clear that, you know, exorcisms is for really advanced states of people who are multiple personalities, uh, people who have uh, trauma, based experiences, uh, they're really severe, and they manifest really severe. They could hurt themselves. They could hurt others. And uh, we never do that one-on-one. We always do that with our Team Jesus, which is a group of, you know, as many people we have trained to come and help do that. We've had as many as 14 exercises to one room, uh, depending on the client. Someone's asking me in our uh, virtual auditorium that we have through PowTalk linked to the program. They're yeah. listening uh, uh, through their speakers, but also you can write back and forth and interact. On that is because um, you mentioned um, in the exorcisms, they're asking, yeah. can a person do it uh, themselves? Well, it depends. Can, it depends what do level. you believe a person can fend off spirits alone? Well, no, we really believe that a Christian, uh, the Bible puts down a precedent that says two or more in my name. You know, one will send a thousand to flight, but two will send ten thousand to flight. We don't recommend that a person ever do it individually. In fact, we don't recommend that they do self-deliverance uh, if they're not personally a Christian, uh, unless they have two other faithful, well-trained Christians present. We've done a lot of uh, deliverance over the phone. We've done in- deliverance over the, uh, the internet. We've used SM- SMN Messenger. I apologize. I think I forgot to turn my phone off. <laughs> yeah, let me just call him back later. Um, let me turn that off. I'm sorry. Busy guy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, we get a lot of calls, you know. And uh, um, I, I've kind of lost my pace where I was at there. But, um, you know, just to pick up from there, that we really believe that you have everything you need in Jesus Christ to get delivered. And he has delivered people individually. And people have called on the Lord all by themselves and gotten delivered. But we don't recommend it as a mainstay because what are you going to do if something goes wrong? You know, is that going to end in suicide? Is it going to end in, you know, harm to yourself or harm to somebody else? You know, so no, we don't recommend that. Uh, It's not biblical and it's just not wise. So what's, uh, someone else was mentioning, what is a deliverance service? You used that phrase there. Yeah, That's well, what you have talking, monthly, is that right? Yeah, you can go to our website, you know, logoschristian.org, and you can see first Saturday of every month we have a healing and deliverance meeting. Now, that's a mass meeting. And during that meeting, we actually go through kind of our own little uh, ritual where we go through, I don't know, I just can't seem to get these people to stop calling me. Uh, let, me let me turn that off. I'm sorry, uh, Guy. I thought I had it turned off. Um, we meet first Saturday of every month, and that's a deliverance meeting. It's a mass meeting, and we go through a recitation of prayers, and we cover everything that we possibly can 
and we ask each person to participate, even if they're not part of it. And uh, it's really funny because the idea is that you want to get everybody to help everybody. So, you know, you're going down to the list, and we might be binding, rebuking, casting out the lesbian spirit. And, we, of course, we'd ask everybody to participate, you know, if the person wants to get free of that spirit. Uh, and it's, it always gets me, I start giggling, when uh, my mentor, Frank Marsula Sr., used to this, and he'd say, Lord Jesus, bind, rebuke, and cast out the lesbian spirit. Of course, he'd ask all of us to pray with him. And I couldn't help it. I'd start giggling, you know. <laughs> you know, obviously, I don't have a lesbian spirit. Uh, but it just shows you the kind of ritual we go through. And, and we try to cover everything we can. And during those meetings, that is when people manifest in areas they didn't know about. Like talk about child abuse or, you know, we talk about predator spirits. Um, you know, spirits of rape. And when people manifest, that's when we tag them and kind of pull them aside and say, hey, you know, you need to come back for an individual session. And you're going to need some more serious deliverance. And that, that would be an exorcism to me. So does that answer that question? I think so. Just the, the original question I saw earlier on the, uh, on the uh, I'm sorry, the virtual auditorium, I almost said the C word that Joe despises, uh, was what is an actual service. So you do it monthly. How do... Uh, uh, people find out, or do you advertise it, or is it a yes, local word of mouth? Uh, we do advertise it locally now. We didn't for the last 10 years or anything, but recently we have. We started announcing on uh, local TV channel 55 that we have healing deliverance seminars because we're training people how to do this now. We're not just doing it. So that's why we advertise now. And we invite anybody to come for the training. Um, we give a copy of our book away free, an online copy. If they want a hard copy, of course, they have to pay for that because that's, uh, you know, uh, print-on-demand. Uh, but if they want just a regular copy, we'll send it to anybody, uh, email, you know. Uh, we've got CDs burned with it on at, at, at church, and we give that with all, everything that they need for all the prayers and training they need for, to be an exorcist or to be a deliverance minister. And we literally do give everything free, and at those meetings, yeah, you know, we have, the elders, the board, myself, we have agreed not to take an offering uh, because so often today the church, it turns everything into a fundraiser. But this is serious business, and we don't want to mix that commercial spirit with the spirit of deliverance. We really want the Lord to show up and do the job and get people set free. And so, you know, you've been there, Joe. I mean, Guy, you've been there to the, our church, and you know how we run it. It's a beautiful little building, but we're just a small community. And uh, we take this very serious, and we realize that, you know, we need support, of course, like anybody. And we do pass the hat on Sundays, but not when we do healing and deliverance. We have people come in from all over the world, Africa, Europe, all, every place in Europe, Canada, sure. Australia, you know, Central, South America. People literally fly in from everywhere to come for deliverance because it's really hard to get uh, a good deliverance minister. And it's even harder if you're Roman Catholic to get an exorcism because the way that their system is set up, it's very difficult. Uh, and they personally believe that it's extremely rare. And, of course, we haven't found that to be the case. We do believe it's rare, but not extremely rare. And um, in the United States, for example, for, you know, some, I think, 150 million Catholics, they have 17 exorcists. And I've met many of them. They're, they're great brothers in the Lord. They, they do a great job with you know, 17 people to do 100 million people. Um, I mean, 17, you know, priests that are authorized to do this by the bishop to handle 150 million Catholics is just absurd. So we get many Catholics. We get just about every denomination 
They come from all the world. They stay, they stay in the local hotel here. And, of course, we get people from Florida, too, and all over the United States. We have Chris Ward, a senior pastor of Logos Christian Fellowship here, uh, bringing up some controversial topics, I'm sure, to some folks. Uh, if you want me to pose a question to Chris, um, you can email me at talktome, T-A-L-K-T-O-M-E, at livefromroswell.com. We also do have a toll-free number that's listed on the website, livefromroswell.com. It is 877-786-0562. Or if you're in our virtual auditorium, you can just put your hand up and we'll put your voice on the air as well. If you email me, give me a name and where you're uh, coming from. I'd like to know that for sure. And I know that um, the topic of deliverance, ministry, exorcism, or anything, that some folks don't always take this type of thing seriously. <laughs> I guess you know that a lot better than I do. But I remember <laughs> in yeah, the, the list of appearances that I read that's in your bio, places that have featured you, either news or something like that, you were kind of recently featured on Tennis Teller's program, which, as some know, has a title that we can't actually say on this program. But how did that come about that you were on Penn & Teller? Well, uh, you know, I get asked to be interviewed by lots and lots and lots of people. And um, it seems to me like it's becoming more and more an issue because of the, uh, the act of evil that's on the planet right now, the, the jihadists, the war in Iraq. Uh, just look at your, your newspaper and look at all the serial killings and missing children, missing women, you know, all these women that are their 20s. So disappeared, and people are starting to come to terms with the fact that there's real evil out there. And you can pretend at your church or in your mind that there's no devil, there's there's no Satan, there's no Lucifer, there's no demons, there's no um, apparitions in the night, no phantoms. Uh, and you can pretend that and think that all you want, but just look at the 6 o'clock news. The, my proof is right there that it is real. And many of people we've helped with serious problems helping the lawyer ending up on the 6 o'clock news. Um, and so, oh, I want to make one correction, too. I think you said I was with Keller Chapel. I didn't say that, actually. Oh, I, I know you used to be a long ago. time ago. Used to be, yeah. But we're not. We're not with Keller Chapel any longer, and we're just local Christian fellowship. We're independent. We're just a generic Christian fellowship. We're not anything special. We don't claim to be anything special. We just uh, want to be our prayer warriors. We want to pray with people. Um, anyway, kicking, kicking up a question or a controversy on your website, you ask uh, a donation of people of $50 if they fill out the exorcism application. Um, you is know, that mandatory, or if I just show up at your service and I don't want to give any money but I ask for prayer, how does that work? Well, first of all, there's no fees for people that come. We don't even take an offering. I've already said that. We also say on that website for the application that, um, you know, that if you can't pay that, then let us know. In addition, if you can pay $5 a month, that would be fine, too. And honestly, in all the years we've done this, uh, my wife's sitting right here. I bet you we haven't gotten four of any donations for that at any time. And we hardly ever get an actual $50. Now, to run an application... We have to check the physician's report, the psychiatrist's report. We have to uh, check one or two credible witnesses. This all takes time. It all takes phone calls. You can't go to the doctor's office and or the dentist and make a call for $50. <laughs> True. So it's not even an amount we actually get. 
But one of the things, we didn't used to have it up there. We didn't ask for anything. And we had so many applications pouring in, I couldn't handle them. I mean, literally, guys, we would get 50, 100 applications a week. And by the time wow. we got through them, I found out that, like, you know, 99 out of 100 didn't even need to, to get an exorcism. And they needed to come to a normal meeting. Okay. So Chris, point, we'll, uh, we go to a break right now at the bottom of the hour. Sure. Uh, I've got a question set up here, sent to me from Georgia on the Talk to Me Live from Roswell. We'll uh, begin after this break and a little music from Chris Putnam. I think the Alien Resistance song will be playing. And we'll be back with Chris Ward and Georgia's question from Louisiana right after this break. Your host, our guest this evening is Dr. Chris Ward, doctor and pastor of uh, Logos Christian Fellowship in Leesburg, Florida. He's also the author of Case Files of an Internet Exorcist, a book that you can actually get a copy of for free on PDF. I've got Chris's email, Pastor Chris Ward at logoschristian.org, posted at the top of livefromroswell.com. If you, uh, Chris offers his book for free by PDF. If you just send him an email, he will uh, send you the copy of the book live, or for free over PDF, and you can read it online. <clears throat> and it's also worth noting, if you go on live from Roswell, I have a video link to an actual exorcism that Chris has worked on before. A person allowed it to be recorded with a little bit of teaching on there. I noticed when I was watching that uh, exorcism, Chris, oh, we'll, we'll be right back with a question from Georgia, too. <clears throat> but I noticed um, a couple things that, one, that's sort of, it's kind of a mild exorcism in some ways, is that you don't really see a lot of dramatic stuff going on, but the growling for sure. But compared to other ones um, I've heard of, um, I was kind of curious, what's the, like, the worst dramatizations or worst manifestations of, you've seen in an exorcism before? Uh, well, uh, it's kind of interesting you ask that. In the book that I wrote, I have 15 chapters, and each chapter uh, themes on one different uh, case. Uh, but actually, there will be two or three or five or six cases in each chapter. But I, I kind of like to focus on an individual person. And these are all true stories. And it's interesting. Now, you can testify to this, uh, Guy, because you know me. The stories in my book are mild. You know, they're extreme to most people, but they're mild. The real cases, like you know, one right there in Roswell, they won't let me print them. You know, we get some really extreme cases that come to us, and um, I can't go into details or anything because, you know, I, I do not have authorization to tell Yeah, there's people that their, their lifestyle or their past have put them in kind of danger if they, right. if they, if they leave like a satanic cult or something. I've read exactly. other books, heard, talked with people that they sign blood oaths to the, give, per, give Satan or whoever the cult permission to kill them if they ever leave, and you've dealt with some of those before. Yeah, uh, we've been out, we actually have on the Exorcist Files, which is a, a addendum webpage, we have recordings of Satanists uh, who got delivered. Uh, one of those is uh, Anton LaVey's son, Jeff LaVey. In that recording, there's uh, when I interviewed him on our Internet radio show, about Halloween. Um, we had another Satanist on there that was uh, actually grew up a Satanist in, um, I'm trying to think of, Salem, Massachusetts. And his testimony's in there. And we've had other Satanists uh, give their testimony, which are on our webpage, all of which is free. Um, we try to give our book away free, but if you want a hard copy, 
of course you have to pay for that. That's you know, print on demand. Uh, but if you'll email me, I'll be glad to give you a free copy of my book. I want to say something else, too, because uh, they, they brought up the question about uh, we do ask for a $50 fee. And we use that as a screener to find out if people are sincere or not. Let's get rid of a lot of the jokesters. Uh, but honestly, in the last 10 years, we, we probably have never collected more than four fees. And uh, most of those were not even for $50. But the point I want to make is that I don't make my living doing this. You know this. I'm a public school teacher. Yeah, I, I do that all, at the top of the program. Yeah, I do all this on my off hours. I made my income as a teacher. And, uh, you know, you can check this uh, through our records at the church. I did not take any salary from the church. And we did not take an offering at our healing and deliverance meetings. We take them very serious. In fact, as far as the money side of it, you're not just a teacher. You've been there 20 years, and you've gotten several awards, Teacher of the Year, for, like, programs you've initiated. Yeah, I, I'm actually the only man in history to win the Disney Teacherific Award three times. From I Walt Disneyland? Walt Disney World? From Walt Disney, yeah, from Disney World. <laughs> yeah. They had their Disney Teacherific Award. I've actually won that three times. I came in first place. Uh, I came in... Uh, a third place, and I came in a special judges award, and that's all on our website too. Um, and I don't take this casual. I have to study a lot for this. You know, I have a bachelor's, a fifth year of education. I have two masters, and I'm finishing my second doctorate. I take Amazing. this stuff very serious. Amazing. Let me go to Georgia's question that uh, she emailed me. And if you have a question or a comment uh, you'd like Chris to address, just email me at talk to me at live from Roswell com. Sometimes I am in the virtual auditorium, but uh, when paragraphs get posted, I'll just miss a few comments from here and there. But Georgia from Louisiana is just asking a very simple, what is being delivered and what is being exorcised? Well, let's take a look at just two case scenarios. I have some people that come to me, and uh, they have what we call generational curses. Everybody knows what this is. You're, you're no, let's, let's, everybody doesn't. What's a generational curse? Well, let me explain. Okay. For example, uh, uh, I'll give you one case, an example of a, a mother who came to us. She'd been a good Christian woman. She's 38 years old. She had never been a partier. She wasn't uh, a drinker. She wasn't a drug user. She went to a party, and somebody uh, talked her into doing coke. Well, it triggered some things in her past uh, that was in her family um, line, and it opened a door for her, and now she's literally, you know, uh, just a crack addict. She is, uh, you know, I tell her that she's doing life on installments. I mean, every time I see her, she's either going in or coming back out of jail for crack cocaine. And I tell her, look, you know, we don't charge anything. It's free. Come to our deliverance meeting. You have a spirit of addiction. It's a generational curse. And we'll pray for you. We'll break the power of that. And with proper counseling, you can come out of that. You don't have to be trapped in that cycle of poverty and, you know, spiritual depression for the rest of your life. So there's one case scenario. Uh, and that, that would be what we'd call a generational curse type. And is that passed through DNA? or? Well, I think it's both. I think that there's a certain part of the electromagnetic spectrum that, you know, obviously we can't record. As a Christian, I believe that uh, even if I died in a nuclear holocaust and I was completely liquidated, that in the spiritual spectrum there's enough electromagnetic DNA there that God can resurrect my body. I believe in resurrection. So... Um, you know, it's it's hard to say what's exactly going on there in the physical world or the metaphysical world, you know, where one leaves off and where the other one picks up. But nonetheless, uh, all Christians believe in resurrection. 
even if you're, right. uh, you know, you're you're caught in a fire. So uh, that that part of it is something that, uh, as Christians, we we stick to. Now the world doesn't always understand that. Uh, I'd like to go back to another example. If a child is molested repeatedly, uh, there's nothing they can do about that. They they can't stop it. And what happens is often losing you a little bit. Okay. What happens oftentimes is the child goes through trauma, like sexual abuse or molestation, and it takes place over a long period of time. That little girl or that little boy, they're helpless. There's nothing they do to stop it. It's done by a parent or a close family member, and it goes on for years. It could be sexual, it could be mental, it could be physical abuse, but nonetheless, it's a traumatic event. And that sometimes can actually support a personality. Now, that personality doesn't have to go evil. But, you know, it's, it's a personality that could certainly be attached to by another spirit. And, and that brings me to talking about what are these? Where do they come from? Yeah, How the qu- question is what's being exorcised. Right. Uh, we believe that before the flood, that there were angels, we call them watchers, they're fallen watchers, uh, that they came down and they shapeshifted. They made love to women, sometimes men, and they produced children. The children were called Gerbers. Or Sometimes the Bible says there were Nephilim on the earth in those days and after. The Nephilim are the giants. And, and we know we have documented evidence of these uh, large human beings. It's on my website. You can actually go there and look at the Nephilim links and see the giants that are recorded around the earth. And you can see that they had six fingers and six toes. So they had a total of 12 fingers and 12 toes. Well, these spirits, this was against God's will. They were supposed to come down and watch the earth and protect man. But they turned against God, and they tried to destroy his plan. And so these children, these offspring, these hybrids, um, they were destroyed in the flood. And according to the book of Enoch, and also according to the Bible and several texts, including Second uh, Peter and uh, the book of Jude, we know that um, these people were separated from their bodies. Their bodies were returned to the earth, but their spirits were condemned as punishment to wander and to doom the earth. And these spirits because they were in a body and have been cursed to be out of body, that they thirst for a body. And they go around, roaming around, looking for anybody that's weak, that they can at first uh, come alongside, second, attach themselves to, and third, their ultimate goal is to actually sabotage and replace the predominant personality of the person with their own. And so what do we deliver? We deliver them of these Nephilim, of these Gerbers, these demonic spirits, uh, the Bible calls unclean spirits, hateful birds, devils, demons, snakes, and scorpions. Does that help? And that's what's being delivered from people? Or, I mean, that's are they, yeah. you use the word that demons are often attached to people. It's not like it's actually in them sometimes, just around yeah. them a lot. That's just it. The, the term, um, for example, exorcism is um, kind of misunderstood because it comes out of Greek and Roman uh, philosophy out of the Latin Vulgate. And consequently, it was affected by their culture. And they see all negative spirits as deities or demons. But actually, more specifically, there are unclean spirits. The Bible says they're hateful birds. Uh, we know there are harpies in uh, Zechariah chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, we know that there are gods and goddesses. We know there's a whole host of unclean and uh, what we call satanic, uh, devil, uh, demons, snakes, scorpions, which, however you want to identify them. And that... First, they come alongside a person, 
Uh, and it can be through a trauma. It can be through, excuse me, um, an obsessive compulsive disorder that opens the door. It can be through drugs. Um, you know, it can be through um, many different combinations. And at first, they come alongside, they become buddies, they become friends, and they start talking to you. And then eventually, their goal is to actually get inside you. And so we try to get them early, uh, which is not uh, an exorcism, but it's a deliverance. Once we're confirmed or we're pretty well convinced that the spirit or spirits, sometimes even legions, are in a person, then we, that's when we do an exorcism. Okay. That, that's interesting. Someone else has sent a question. Uh, Chris Putnam. Actually, hey, Chris is our MySpace Artist of the Week. You can listen to his music from live from Roswell.com. So are you familiar with theosophistic prayer, theosophotic prayer? I may uh, have said that wrong. Theosophist? Theosophist, probably. Yeah. Theosophotic. Uh, well, yeah, but I'm not here to, uh, you know, point out um, a contrary uh, theory or religious thought. I, I'm really not a religious person. I'm just a guy that likes to help people have a spiritual problem. I have a special gift, and uh, you'd have to be there to see it. But I actually can discern a lot in a person, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, he shows me what to do to get a person delivered. And that's what I do, and that's what I'm here to talk about. I, I really don't want to, you know, argue every religion in the world. Uh, right, right. Me either. We can save that for dandies later, folks. Yeah, you know, I would like to make one note, though. Uh, because I've been doing this for so long, I, I have met shamans. Uh, I've met, um, you know, many people that are involved with the healing arts. And even though I may not agree with their theology, they have a gift. Believe me, you go out and you do uh, an exorcism and you get somebody delivered. And I'll tell you what, you won't get any criticism from me. I'll just let the Lord sort all that out later. People need this and, and they're abandoned. Most of the uh, dynamics that we have in our society aren't set up to help spiritually. It's always physical and always ends in money. Hmm. What is, uh, I know you said you've met some interesting people. Uh, I think a lot of people that might be familiar with Paranormal Radio Network remember the prophet Yahweh guy that was summoning UFOs a while back, and I know that uh, you had a couple interactions with him. And I do need, before I ask you that question or before you answer, I'm going to let people know that we've got some serious thunder boomers going on right over my house. If we go dead for a minute, that could be it. So stay tuned. Uh, I get power. I get power blinks from storms like this at us, so that could happen to me here. That, that could be a demonic attack. I was wondering if you might say that. Yeah, you know the truth. The enemy doesn't want the truth to get out there. I just hear it going outside, and it is raining. Uh, go on, talk about what was going on between you and the prophet Yahweh. Yeah, I will. But how often does it rain in Roswell? Uh, we get a lot. Of, it's actually a very stormy area. Oh, is it? Okay. It really well, is, yeah. It's it's like monsoon for 15 minutes, and then it's sunny for three days, and then you'll get another uh, heavy rain. It does happen. It doesn't surprise me. I've had a website now for, you know, 10 years. Uh, you know, we go way back before, you know, a lot of this was even popular. Um, and, you know, I can remember back in the beginning when you started uh, Alien Resistance Headquarters, how we came out to help you and support you and encourage you. But we've had a web page for years on how to stop abductions, how to stop UFO encounters, uh, how to uh, basically defend yourself spiritually, because we believe that UFOs and the whole alien abduction scene is a spiritual-based uh, situation. 
You know, when we argued with Richard Hoagland at uh, Roswell that year, you know that Richard Hoagland agreed with me. Mm-hmm. He said, too, that, you know, looking at the planes on Mars, it's obvious that was a religious ritual plane that they were uh, having their parades on, and it's obviously that it's something spiritual. Well, my point is that we have hundreds of documented cases of people that stopped UFO abduction. And if that's true, just some prayer, then it is spiritual. You know, that should be pretty good news to some people. Um, I was just talking to Daryl Sims earlier today, the alien hunter, and yeah. he is hypnotherapy. And, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's the son of a preacher. You know, his father was a Baptist minister. He uses hypnotherapy, and he has had success. He stopped the alien abduction, and he's also had some failures. And, you know, he'd be glad to tell you what happened here and what happened there. Why does it work? Why does it doesn't work? You know, I think his website is still uh, Alien Hunter. You know, dot com or something so. like that. I think so. But, but we're not the only people out there that have been claiming for decades that we can stop UFOs. Well, Yahweh, you know, Prophet Yahweh comes out and says he can call them down, like it's a good thing. And so he was saying he was going to go around to every state. So he, he was coming to Florida, and I emailed him on more than one occasion, as you know, and I said, look, you come to Florida, you call them down, and I'll rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ. And you watch them fly away. Well, he refused. In fact, he wouldn't even return my email. And it wasn't shortly after that he quit being so public. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I haven't heard much from him in a while. Haven't you know, if he's listening him. right now, you know, I would just say to him, Susan, look, pick up the phone and call me, guy. Because, uh, you know, you say you can call down UFOs, and I say I can rebuke them and cast them out. Because I believe they're spiritual. I believe they're demonic spirits. And if, if what you say is true, why are you afraid to meet with me? Do you believe all UFOs are demonic or spiritual? Well, you know, let's face it. Uh, we're at a point now. Remember, we used to talk about full disclosure back in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got so many advanced aircraft now, and I believe there's been so much back engineering that uh, I think the government got away with it. They're never going to have this full disclosure. They're, they're, they've got aircraft out there and uh, science and computers. As you know, I, I, uh, I am a computer teacher, and, um, you know, my second doctorate degree is on structural technology and distance education, so that, you know, that is, it's a technology degree. I've been to MIT on scholarships, and uh, 12 years ago, I studied a computer that's still not on the market. I was one of 50 educators asked to work on this computer called the Sticky Machine. It had 32,256 micro coprocessors. Um, you know, and it was amazing. And there's nothing out there. It was cold technology, too. Guy, when you put your hand on top of the computer, it was cold. Okay? So that was 12 years ago. I still don't see anything like that on the market out there. So my point about technology is, look, I have a doctor's degree in technology, and I'll tell you right now, the government's got stuff that's so black ops that uh, you wouldn't be able to tell it's in the UFO. So the point is almost moot anymore. You know, the UFO, yeah, probably. They've got all kinds of aircraft we couldn't identify. But is it actually a craft that's powered by aliens from another planet? Well, my theory is that they're, they're fallen angels. And they, they may, I don't think they're demonic because they may have demons as their, uh, you know, as their cronies. But believe me, demons are earthbound. They seek embodiment. And fallen angels aren't. They're like incubus and succubus, you know. 
uh, one of the number one calls we get um, is from uh, Incubus, where women have experience of sexual rape in the middle of the night. Well, that, those are fallen angels. Those aren't demons, because they don't want to be the woman. They just want to abuse the woman. And you can see this clearly uh, when you do what I've done for so many years. So when we're dealing with, like, UFOs and uh, what people call alien encounters, to me, it's all spiritual. I don't care what names you use. I don't care if you use angels, fallen angels, watchers, fallen watchers, demons, devils. But it doesn't matter. It's still spiritual to me. And the proof of it is that we've seen so much of it stop to simple deliverance prayer. Um, that's interesting to know. I was uh, before we go to a break again. I was going to ask you: Did we finish up the question on your worst exorcism? I know no, there's I a lot of things you can't publish or talk about. What's the worst, or I guess most dramatic? Well, the one on my website, you know, the one that was on Penn and Teller. And incidentally, mm-hmm. I had a ball on Penn and Teller. Whoa! Oh, did you just almost get hit there? Yeah, <laughs> I could see it coming through my curtains. The lightning. Uh-oh. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that doesn't happen every day. That was a big it one. It doesn't happen every day. I guess that's why I mentioned the word pen and teller, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was quintessential pen and teller. You know, they just mock everything. I sent them eight hours of the most incredible uh, exorcism tapes. And they, what did they use? They used that little piece of me sitting in the uh, pew talking to three people that came for deliverance, you know? And uh, it's just, to me, it's a lark, you know? Uh, the best part, though, is that, man, I don't know if you've been to that website, but listen, thousands of people have seen that video and have gone to my website to see the actual exorcism, which we do have on our website. You can go see it okay. for free. Yeah, I've, is that the one I've got linked right now that you sent by email a while back? Yeah, it's the one you've got linked on your webpage. Okay, yeah, it's livefromroswell.com or somewhere on logoschristian.org, but I do know just because I put it there. Right, just it's look at the top. Transpossessive State, Live Exorcism. Just go to logoschristian.org, look up Transpossessive State, Live Exorcism, and you'll see a live exorcism. And this is the only one I can say of, like, my top 100 uh, that allowed me to publish. And that's because he is really trying to get set free, and he is, he wants the public to know that this stuff is real. Don't play with this stuff. He got involved. He's down in Miami, and he actually grew up a Coptic Christian from Lebanon. And he got involved with a friend who was into uh, voodoo. And uh, they gave him uh, a, a potion to drink. And he has been plagued uh, demonically for, I guess, about since he was 18 now. And he's uh, like 27. So it's been more than 10 years. And he's had exorcisms from the Catholic Church. He's been to New York. He's been to San Diego. He's been had exorcisms with the Coptic Church in uh Miami and Lebanon. He's been to Nigeria. He's been to Cuba. He's been to Puerto Rico. He's been all over the world. And the only place he really got effective uh, help was when he came to us. And uh, so he was glad to let us use one small portion of the tape. And the portion that you look at, uh, it's pretty scary to the average person. But if you know, if they'd see the whole tape, they'd be freaking. Uh, we tried to find the best place on the tape that demonstrated what it is that we do. And if they want to know what they get delivered of, have them look at the tape and tell me. I'll make that a homework assignment. <laughs> right. If, if you're a doubter, then go see this and then email me and tell me what you think's phony about this. 
And uh, if you really are insistent, then I invite you to come to one of our healing deliverance meetings. Believe me, somebody always manifests or there's always some kind of a divine healing that is inexplicable. That is what? It's inexplicable. You, you come to oh, right. things, you can't believe it. It's just phenomenal what God does, even still today. That's good to know. You know, it's interesting it how I got into this uh, guy. Years ago, you know, people knew that I was an inter- intercessory prayer warrior, and they come to me for prayer. And so it evolved into more deeper and deeper prayer, more and more serious cases. I even have health care professionals to send people. But during that period, people came to me and said they were seeing UFOs and that they were being abducted by aliens. And, you know, as a pastor, I didn't have to judge whether they were sane or insane. They wanted prayer. I prayed for them. Well, what kind of brought me into the thing was like a, almost a hook in my jaw, was that people would say that they're being uh, visited by aliens in the middle of the night, which I may or may not have believed at all. It didn't matter. I prayed for them, and it stopped. And it intrigued me. And that's how, over a process of, you know, more than 12 years here, I've, I've gotten involved with the uh, UFO community. Let's uh, pick that up afterwards, then, um, how you okay. got more involved with UFOs. We do a break here. Uh, we'll have a little more music from Chris Putnam. If you would like to make a comment or challenge Chris or just ask a question, talk to me, T-A-L-K-T-O-M-E, at livefromroswell.com. We'll be back after a couple songs or a couple commercials. I don't know what Joe's got on tap for us, other than another song by Chris Putnam. It's an instrumental. I think it's a good one. I am Guy Malone, your host. My guest tonight is Dr. Chris Ward, who practices deliverance ministry, a.k.a. exorcism, in Leesburg, Florida, where he pastors a church and is also a public school teacher, an award-winning one, we might mention. Uh, We've been going through some of the questions related to demons, deliverance, exorcism, stuff like that. We'll get right back with a question um, someone asked in our virtual auditorium here in just a second. But I will mention first that... This program, live from Roswell.com, is sponsored by AlienResistance.org, sponsored in part anyway. All of our communications needs are met by AlienResistance.org. You can check out biblical perspectives on abductions, counseling for if you'd like to stop, as well as DVD lectures from UFO researchers and conferences we've had here in Roswell over several years. 
And also, you can be an advertiser on LiveFromRoswell.com. We offer 30-second commercials, 10 of those, beginning at $250 on the Paranormal Radio Network, which gives you 24-7 Paranormal Radio Talk. And I will also mention, before we get back with Pastor Chris, is one interview we've had to keep postponing and rescheduling. Way back uh, a couple weeks ago, I think in August, we had Tom Horn on there, and we were talking about Iraq and Stargates and the Nephilim, and someone asked a question, do you think there is, was a Stargate in Iraq, and is that really why we went in? So Tom's going to be back in two weeks on October 7th uh, to do a whole program on that topic on uh, October 7th, Sunday night, and Tom is actually going to guest host for me that night. I've got a hot date, so I won't be around. But as Tom will spend the first part of the program answering that question, he will also have on as his guest Lynn Marzulli, who's the author of Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. So I do not know who we'll have next week, but I just want to remind you in two weeks we will finally get Tom Horn, Tom Horn back on the horn here. <laughs> uh, but tonight we have Chris Ward from Florida again. Uh, LogosChristian.org is his website. That is linked from livefromroswell.com, where there's a video link to an exorcism he's performed, as well as an offer. He's the author of Case Files of an Internet Exorcist, which Chris offers by free if you want it by PDF. You just have to email him. The details are up at livefromroswell.com. But at some point earlier in the program, someone, he didn't send it as a question, so I, don't, I won't uh, mention the name, but uh, someone in our virtual auditorium, Chris, if you can comment on this, said the demons can only possess people if they ask them to or if they give them permission. So I guess I'll let you start by answering, in your view, is that a biblical statement or is that your view personally? Well, uh, I, I would say that based on that question, uh, if, by the way, how's my mic now? Can you hear me good? I can hear you okay. The okay. Um, virtual auditorium can comment to me on, the, on how you're coming through. Yeah, I, I turned that mic up a little bit, but if you need me to turn it up more, be sure and let me know. I'll go um, for full blast. <laughs> okay. I'm on full blast right now. There we go. All right. Um, first of all, based on the question, uh, it's not a complex question, so I'll give it a simple answer. Um, yeah, we believe that uh, demons can't do things without your permission, but permission can be given through all kinds of events, including traumatic events. Uh, I believe that people are involved there, you know, with drugs and alcohol. Uh, they're lying, they're cheating, they're doing all kinds of things that literally send off permission signals to spiritual beings that have no way to read really what's inside your mind uh, or to know your heart. They're, they don't have spiritual discernment in that sense. Uh, they don't know a good person from a bad person. They look at your behavior, and if your behavior is wicked or you're doing something that's, that's really wicked, uh, to them, you are sending out signals that you, in fact, are giving them permission. And that's why at first they come alongside and they kind of test the waters and they keep escalating and escalating. And then one, one day they're not talking to you from outside, they're inside your head. And uh, so, you, you know, the simple answer is that's true. You can't. You can't get in there without your permission. And in fact, the way we get them out is to get you to resolve and to take a strong will stand, engage your active will, to tell them no, to get out. You don't want them there anymore. So, I don't know, does that answer that question? I think it does, that they sort of need permission, but people unwittingly give permission then sometimes. Right. Yeah, you know, if you're, if you're doing heavy drugs, 
and uh, a demon passes through your neighborhood and they see your activity, uh, they don't know you're a good person. They'll test the water. You know, sometimes we invite those kinds of things. Uh, by t-shirts you wear. I see kids that wear all kinds of t-shirts, you know, like no fear, or they have some kind of um, a drug symbol, cocaine or marijuana or something. And they might be... Or even a pentagram or something? Yeah. You know, you've seen these same t-shirts, and uh, they just might be really good people. They might have a t-shirt out of the laundry. It might be the only thing they had to wear that day. It, there's no thought in it. But you have to understand, these uh, wicked spirits, these evil spirits, which are doing devastating things in our country right now, uh, they they don't know what you are or what you think. Uh, they just read you like a book. And if you're dressed inappropriately or you're doing inappropriate behavior, uh, they think you're one of them. Well, what would define inappropriate or wicked or good person? Are you saying like, um, like if you break well, a biblical law? Well, let's take a look at the 6 o'clock news. You know, I at teach the what? I'm sorry? 6 o'clock news. Let's take a look at uh, Columbine. Let's look at Paducah. Mm. Let's, let's look at these school campuses that there, there's obviously a signal going out or they're sending a vibration uh, or the appearance that the campus is out of control and that these kids are not protected and that they're at risk and you can come in there and do damage. You can shoot a kid at a prayer meeting or you can walk through your high school with bombs and rifles and commit a really heinous, evil act, a wicked act. And they can only do this because they're reading something on that campus environment that says, you can do anything you want here. There's no way they can stop you. So, yeah, you can be doing wicked behavior. You're home and you're packing bombs and you're practicing rifles and you're going to go back and shoot your campus. You are opening yourself to really a demonic influence. But that's not something that I don't think most people engage in. Is there more... I don't know, more yeah. innocuous activities that people engage yeah, in that accidentally invite demons? Yeah, let's bring it down to a simple level. Um, I'm going to quote some scripture. I don't mean to offend anybody, but they need to know my source. My source is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. And it says, uh, be angry, but don't let the sun go down on your anger or give place to the devil. Now, if you go look that and translate that into the Greek, if you have an interlinear, that place of the devil is topos, and that's where we get the map topography. That if you have anger, unforgiven anger, and it becomes rage, and you are festering on things, and you're not forgiving people, you are opening yourself up for the devil to get the place in you. So that seems really simple, but Christianity is very clear about this. You, you have to learn to forgive your enemies. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive those as, you know, forgive us as we forgive those. You know, the okay. whole act of anger is a gate for demonic activity. It's a gate for the place of the devil. And so just the average person can actually harbor a hate in a, an anger that becomes a rage, that becomes a root of bitterness to the point where they actually are behaving uh, in demonic fashion, and that is an invitation to demons to come alongside and help them, you know, push them over the edge. Uh, you know, it's not normal for people to murder either, but a lot of murder uh, comes out of anger and rage. It's not always just a random killing like a serial killer. A lot of people have genuine hate, genuine, genuine rage, and they feed on that and they send a signal out, and they are literally inviting a demonic intervention. Okay. 
that makes a little more sense. You're not asking, hey, demon, please enter me, but you participate in behavior that just invites it or lets it happen. I think that would answer the question, actually. Um, some uh, Barb from Florida has sent in um, about possession and why psychologists can't handle nutty people. Explain how psychiatrists send people to you and how can children be possessed? Well, those are like three questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, first of all, we work with the healthcare professionals, and I think that Dr. M. Scott Peck, um, who is a noted uh, American famous psychiatrist, he put it well. The question is not whether the person is schizophrenic or demon-possessed, but the real question, according to Dr. Scott Peck, is, is the person both? Uh, oftentimes, people who have been abused um, as children have uh, uh, demonic or even sometimes just a split personality. They have uh, multiple personality disorder, MPD. And, you know, you're going to find that uh, that person, if they were nine years old when that trauma occurred, they come to us for deliverance. We can break that demonic spirit behind it. But the person mentally is mental age is still nine years old. So we send them back to the psychiatrist or family psychologist uh, in most cases, uh, and they have to complete that training and to, to help that person mature and unite their personality. Um, I guess um, one of the best ways to say it is that, um, you know, my job is to do the spiritual part. A person is made of mind, body, and spirit. And just as I'm an expert on the spirit, I'm not an expert on the mind. But I do know you can cast out spirit, but you can't cast out flesh. And so whenever I can get a healthcare professional to work with me, I will. If you look at our application on our website, we ask for every kind of evidence we can. We want your physician statement. We want your uh, family psychologist or psychiatrist statement. We want to know what meds you're taking. We want to do everything we can and do the whole person, the mind, the body, and the spirit. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be ineffective. Uh, just as many psychiatrists have found that they're ineffective, if they're doing all this, you know, I mean, how many years do you put a person on Haldol before you realize <laughs> nothing's working? <laughs> you, all you've done is, you know, made, made the person in almost a state, uh, a, coma, a comatic state. You know, they're, they're just walking around, they're, they're like a zombie. They're not even living in the real world, you know. Uh, you can't just keep upping the dose. Eventually you say, you know what, there's something here I'm not doing. I'm treating the mind, and I'm uh, doing it because of behavior psychology. I'm uh, doing it chemically through the body. But the bottom line is they're not getting better. And so that's when many of them uh, will turn to somebody that can uh, help them, as Dr. M. Scott Peck did. And uh, he actually has his own book out now uh, on you know where he had actually done some exorcism through his psychiatric practice. And that he also discovered that once you're through with the spiritual part, then you still have to go back and get balanced counseling, you know, uh, sometimes psychiatric help, um, and group counseling, you know, et cetera. It's not just over uh, because the person has uh, some prayer for The power behind it, the insidious, malicious, demonic power behind it can be broken. And that's what we okay. do. Okay. Someone else, while you're talking about uh, psychology, and the spirituality working together, or even prayer support, uh, in our virtual auditorium, someone has a, as posed as a question, I don't know if they did it to you or as part of the conversation, is, is demonic synonymous with multiple personality disorder? 
are they well, the same it thing? Can be. Let me talk about multiple personality disorder and why it is that I believe in it. Not only as I've seen it, but remember, we believe in one God who has three personalities, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, the Muslims say that we're polytheists, you know, that we're blasphemers. We believe in more than one God, but we don't believe that. We believe there's only one God, but he has three personalities. Well, what would be the counterfeit of that guy? The counterfeit would be a person who has more than one personality, and it's a complete... Um, really a spirit of antichrist in the sense that is trying to mock the very personality of God. That he is one person, but with three personalities. So whatever God can do, they can mock it. They can't create it, but they can mock it. And so because God made us in, uh, as human beings, we're mind, body, and spirit, the spirit can be dwelt by the spirit of God. Well, if a person turns their back on God, and pursues evil things, they can also be dwelt by a negative spirit. And, you know, we refer that uh, as demon possession. Uh, but let's just keep it on the plane as an unclean or a negative spirit so people can understand it better. It's not, let's go outside my culture for a minute. People understand negative spirits. Uh, people have had experiences where they're, they're walking through the forest and it's you know, a typical nice warm day and all of a sudden they walk to a cold spot. And it's freezing cold, and they can't explain it. You know, it's not as if uh, the, your uh, audience out there isn't familiar with some of these things. They know exactly what I'm talking about. They know what a haunt is. They, they know when a spirit is, is wandering and it's doomed, and it's, 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 it's not in its natural order. Um, they understand these things. They just they don't like to think about them. They like to bury them in the back of their mind. Uh, but... I don't have that privilege. I have a gift. I can pray for people, and they can actually be set free. And we've seen God do this hundreds and hundreds of times. So, you know, we try to educate the person to know that multiple personalities, it is a possibility. But I want to put this one little note, this caveat. Just because a person has 19 personalities doesn't mean they're all uh, possessed. Each one of those personalities you have to treat individually. Uh, we've run into people like we had a person named uh, Sergeant Reiner, and uh, she worked for the federal government. And she came to us. She had 19 personalities. And we found that more than half of those personalities weren't demonic at all. They were all splits, personalities that splits that took place under trauma, under extreme stress as a child. And they were literally trying to escape who they were. Because as a child, they couldn't get away from that stuff. And so they literally split their personality. They'd go and hide in another person within themselves. Well, we found out some of those personalities had accepted demons, and some hadn't. And we actually uh, got some of those to leave, and some of those we actually led to the Lord and uh, reunited them back to the personality of the person. And that's the important part. You get rid of the negative personalities, and you take the positive personalities, and you have to now reunite that person to their original person. And that takes counseling sometimes. You can't do all that in a deliverance or an exorcism. So, yeah, we do believe in NPDs. We think it's a counterfeit of the one true God. And we think that the enemy is trying to destroy God's work, and that's man, his greatest achievement. And that you are mind, body, spirit. And believe me, you can open your spirit up to more than one spirit. Uh, in the Bible, the Lord talks about the man he found who had a legion. He had 6,000 demons. 
and they asked that you know don't cast us in hell let us go off into these pigs and they did and the whole herd of swine ran off the cliff into the lake and drowned uh, these aren't stories we made make up these are stories that are in the bible and we believe them so i hope that answers the question because yes i do believe in mpd i don't believe that every personality is demon possessed and you're looking at a victim a person who has mpd is a victim of trauma usually abuse at least from my experience in my cases and my clients and they're a victim so you know they need all the help they can get they need all the understanding they can get and when i go in there with jesus team i also want to go in there with a psychology team a medical team i don't want to do anything else to add to the abuse of that person they've already had enough abuse does that make sense yeah it does it does before uh, believe it or not we're almost on top of another break again already um, maybe I've rambled too long at the top of the hour. I've got one more question uh, from Jenna in North Carolina sent on email. Uh, apparently, uh, Jenna's been on your webpage um, and says this may be a digression. I think this was on your uh, exorcism page. Um, could you, in, oh, we got two minutes, I think. Um, could you address the function of the divorce contract with the devil? I guess that's when someone's yeah. going through exorcism. Three minutes is what Joe says. All right. Uh, first of all, I want you to know that um, this particular person was an extreme case. And when she was um, a very young girl, uh, she had a traumatic experience. And, and in fact, um, Guy, you know who this person is. And we are duty-bound not to say their name or give enough details for their story that this girl you know, could suffer more abuse. Uh, so with that said, let me just say that in her case, uh, we needed evidence. We were doing an exorcism uh, with a Catholic priest. Uh, he brought her to us, and we were working cooperatively with that person, that Catholic priest. And he wanted to make sure that, you know, something occurred, something really happened. It wasn't just a shell game. You know, we weren't just, you know, playing some kind of to hysteria or something. And so this person who had been in a vowed Satanist all their lives, we thought, well, the only way to prove the evidence that they've, they're, they're no longer, uh, that they have renounced the devil, was that they would sign a marriage contract. And that marriage contract would be that they would divorce Satan and that they would get married to the Lord Jesus Christ in spirit. And we did that in that particular case, so we don't want to take it out of context. Um, okay. And I think that's really important to understand. And I think that because you accidentally happen to know a lot of the details to this, it's very important that uh, we not say much more about it than that. And if I didn't get to answer the question fully, I hope the person will understand that uh, if they come to us for help, we're going to do what we can to protect their privacy and show that we respect them as a person. And we don't want to add to the abuse that they've already suffered in this world. Okay, we're on break, and we'll be right back with Chris Ford.
Hey, guy, can you tell if anybody say we're too loud or too soft? Can't hear you. Welcome back to Live from Roswell. I'm Guy Malone, your host. We're talking with Dr. and Pastor Chris Ward, author of Case Files of an Internet Exorcist. There, that book is available by hard copy on Chris's webpage. We have a link up on Live from Roswell, but also on livefromroswell.com. There's an offer. Chris offers the book free to you by PDF. If you just send him an email, he'll reply back with you on that. And one of the things we got off subject on or or we didn't finish talking about, was um, you said a long time ago or earlier on the show, uh, the program tonight, that some people that were coming to you for prayer and for uh, different types of deliverance or exorcism were also reporting uh, UFO or alien abduction experiences. We were talking about how that got linked. So if you don't mind talking a little bit about your background with uh, just UFOs or abductions, how that ties into the UFO phenomena, and it does, if you can hold two thoughts with me. Someone uh, emailed a question, what about humans with alien DNA that live here? Are they demons? That was Bill. Yeah, I'd like to have that question. Uh, that, that lines right up with what we believe. Uh, the Bible says that before the flood that the fallen angels came down, made love to women, and produced these giants, these hybrids. And when the Jews went into the land where the Anunnaki were at, these are called the Anunnaki, that they were uh, really, um, these giants lived in this land, and God told the Jews to kill every man, woman, child, and animal. And the reason for that is that the um, these watchers that came down, these fallen watchers, they were actually tweaking with the DNA of man and animal. So this is nothing new under the sun. This is exactly why I take such a strong position and believe uh, that the, these are fallen angels. These are actually the watchers that have come. And as Jesus says, it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the second coming of the Son of Man. So, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. I, I don't, I'm not surprised that they don't find more DNA in evidence. Uh, I remember a couple years ago in England, uh, a guy went into a bar, he got in a big fight, and uh, he killed a guy, and et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, uh, the, the guy got killed, and they did, um, you know, an autopsy on him, and they found out that he wasn't even human. You know, he didn't have human blood. Um, his DNA was, was uh, really was hybridic. Uh, so where I don't have a problem with that where is, where, Where's Pardon? that story? Do you know where we can still find a copy of that story? I haven't heard of that. No, but I have a friend that can tell me where it's at. I'd be glad to email it to you. Okay, sure. Uh, yeah. But Anybody can email me or Chris and ask about that. This isn't new. It's not even shocking. You know, I'm more surprised people uh, don't put the pieces of the puzzle together and figure out what we did. It happened before. It's happening again because we're at the end of the age. Did um, oh. So do you think the people, humans that have that DNA, are they... Uh, the question was, what about humans with alien DNA that live here? Are they right. demons? Are well, the that's where they got demons? the DNA. I don't believe in aliens, per se. I believe in these these uh, angelic beings that came down to Earth and shape-shifted and uh, produced a new line of humans. They were called giants. They were they were hybrids. And um, so uh, I don't know what else to say about that uh, guy, except that, yeah, I don't discount their stories at all, but I don't believe they're alien DNA. There's no evidence of... They don't have an alien bank of DNA. What they have is human DNA that doesn't have the right chromosomal links and it is, is looks, you know, more reptilian 
than human. And this happened before. Okay. So you, uh, in the Bible, it results when angels and humans were mating, if there were fall- or there were giants that resulted. If that's going on today, um, why aren't there still, why doesn't it create giants like it did then? Uh, well, that's one of the mysteries of the age, is that uh, the enemy wants to breed the Antichrist, who's the seed of Satan, and he's trying to uh, perfect the ultimate uh, being that would be totally um, uh, human, but also totally angelic, just like Jesus Christ is fully God and he's fully man. So they're trying to counterfeit that. And it says in Thessalonians, though, that they're having trouble doing that because the restrainer is still in the world, and he restrains them from doing that. Okay, that, that answers that question. If anybody else wants to pose a question to Chris Ward, you can email me at talktome at livefromroswell.com, or if you're in the virtual auditorium, put your hand up, and our producer Joe can put you on, and we can uh, have you on by voice. Let's see if there was uh, anything else. Okay, nothing else that was there. But, um, someone, earlier on your webpage, someone mentioned um, you have the phrase abductaholic. Yes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, uh, you know, uh, guy. We've had several people have come to us, asked me to pray for them, and they were being, um, you know, visited by aliens, uh, in their account of it. And uh, one of the things that uh, we did was pray for them, and it would stop. Well, you know, you think that'd be good, but see, people, they get, uh, they get addicted to things, and they they grew up their whole life with being visited by aliens, and so what happens is now. They, they don't know what to do. They, it's like we stopped the power behind it, we stopped the activity, but they're so addicted to it that they miss it. And mm. so what happens is they, they start to do familiar things again and literally invite them back. Does that make sense? Yeah, they miss it. We, we do have a hand up, uh, someone that's going to ha- ask a live question. I see a okay. dimensional star and Kevin284. What happens is it'll sound, Joe, go ahead and put on the first one. It'll sound like dead air for just a second, Chris. It takes like okay. five seconds for the switch over. Go ahead, Kevin or. Yeah, that was quite a few questions. <laughs> um, uh, and actually, right now I'm trying to find that, that website. Um, uh, and, of course, we're having troubles with our Internet here. But, you know, the bottom line is that um, the, I have the questions in the book, too. Uh, and I'd be glad to send anybody out there that's listening a copy of the book. And I have a whole chapter on, you know, really what to do about being an abductaholic. Um, but... The questions I go through there are the kind of things that I encountered. I'm talking about real people, real cases. The Cain and me got delivered from uh, being visited by uh, aliens or whatever their account was, and then they went back to it like a dog to its vomit. And 
it's because it's a habit. It's habitual. It's in, it's in their, their body and their mind. And so what the Bible tells us to do is Ephesians um, chapter 4, verse 23, you have to renew the mind. Renewing the spirit of the mind is exactly what the Scripture says. In Romans 12, 2, it says, renew the spirit of your mind, you know, by the renewing of your mind. And so, again, Scripture talks about you have to renew your mind. Now, in contemporary conversation, we, oftentimes the word is used deprogrammed. Well, um, yeah, you can use whatever term you want, but the fact of the matter is that if your mind has a habitual habit of doing these certain things, you're sending off certain signals, uh, and you're being receptive, then, of course, you know, uh, you, you can do the same thing in any kind of deliverance. Uh, if you go back to it, it'll be ten times worse. That's what Scripture says. So if you get delivered of cigarettes or alcohol abuse or child abuse or whatever you get delivered of, uh, and you're set free of that for a time, well, if later on you, you kind of let your guard down and you go back to that, you don't renew your mind on a continual basis and you slip back into that sin, uh, well, then it'll come back ten times stronger. And this is what Jesus warned us about. Cool. There's another question posed up there. I hope that answered uh, Dimensional Star. Uh, Joe's also got a hand up from Kevin. Go ahead and put him on, sir. Okay, uh, first of all, I, w I want to thank the person for calling in. Um, guy, this is so typical of what I get all the time. Now, this guy, he doesn't probably know it, but he's a healer. He has empathy for this person. He wants to help this person, but he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know where to go to get help. Uh, if they'll go to my webpage and email me, I'll send them a free copy of my book. My book is, it has chapters that are exactly what he needs to do to help this person. Uh, of course, if she will let him. And um, the fact is that people are a lot more educated about this than they were 50 years ago. Uh, you notice he used the term split. Um, and people seem to understand it. You know, like, man, you know, she split on me or something like that, you know. And uh, so 
I, I think that um, what comes out of this is two things. That people want to help. They don't know how to help. There are a lot of people out there that are healers. And, you know, where do they go for their healing and deliverance seminar, which will train them? And that's what we do. Um, somebody else mentioned about the $50 fee. We tell them on the webpage, so look, it'd be so much easier for you just come to the meeting. But, of course, if you live in California or you're in England, uh, it, it might be cheaper for you to, you know, to just, you know, help us out with the donation so we can afford to talk to you long distance and help you. We'll train you. We'll send you everything you need to do this. And we don't charge. We don't charge anything for any of this, guys. Okay, and a lot of, even when you ask for a donation, it's because you're paying a long-distance bill often to be talking with that person, huh? Well, exactly. Like tonight, I'm on a Skype, you know, talking uh, to you, actually talking, I guess, to Joe's location. Um, and, you know, I'm, with the, I'm spending two hours, probably uh, five hours in preparation, and then I'm paying for the, my part of the phone call. Uh, you know, nothing's free. And um, so whenever we can get help to do what we do, uh, because we're so rare, I mean, if you, if you want to find out what it really costs, uh, the guy that got the exorcism at the Lebanese Coptic Church, they charged him $900. Uh, I know that there are other ministries, I won't name them, but they actually charge $1,500 just to walk in the door. And, uh, you know, the Roman Catholic Church, at the end of the day, they also charge a very hefty amount for doing an exorcism. Uh, we don't charge anything. We simply, uh, if people want to make a donation, they can. If they can't afford to, that's fine. Because by the time they get to us, guys, they are emotionally, they are spiritually, they are financially, they are physically bankrupt. And that physical, that financial bankruptcy, we understand. And we ask them, though, in a better day, if our ministry helps you uh, and you get blessed, you know, we would like to just put in the first word. If you, can, you get blessed, we hope you can bless us, too. But if you can't, we're not going to bill you, and we're certainly not going to shut down. This is what God's called me to do. Do you think that the person Kevin was talking about, is that someone that you would um, be able to counsel for multiple personality, or would you wind up referring them elsewhere or find out if it's demonic or what? Well, we just say simply fill out the application on the webpage. You can mail it to us. You can fax us to us. And believe me, I, I just have a gift of discernment, and I can read that application, and I can go through it and, and weed them out. You know, the ones that are just all in a prank, you know, okay, God bless them, I love them. They just, it's like a UFO, guy. If you've never seen one and somebody tells you they saw a UFO, you think they're a quack. All right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with exorcism and deliverance. Until you've been up close and personal, you just think I'm a nut. And that's fine. God bless you, you know. So we weed out the nuts, we weed out the cranks, you know, and we, I, the Lord shows me who to call and who to help. And, uh, you know, you've been here, you know, we have people flying in and out of here constantly. And if people come from all over the world, and, you know, we do not charge for that. Right. This is, right. this is my ministry, this is what God's called me to do, and this is what I do. Right on. There's two more questions, or one sure. topic that came up on the virtual auditorium, and then... Uh, since you mentioned Joe by name, our producer, Joe Montaldo, let me get back to what he wrote. Um, first sure. of all, is that uh, how do you, whoop, where'd it go? How, could, how do you tell what's a real alien, what's a fallen angel, what's a demon? And the second one that just come up in the chat room, you mentioned it earlier tonight, something about Calvary Chapel, and they said you got kicked out of Calvary Chapel. And if you want to talk about either of those, go for it. We've sure. got a good ten minutes. Okay, what was the first one he asked? 
how do you tell the difference between an alien, a demon, oh, or a fallen angel? Okay. Uh, I don't care. A person comes to me with a perfect request, and they say they want to get delivered to horse flies. I don't care. if they It's a prayer request. And I take everybody serious. And I try to apply the love of God that I know or what I'm capable of. And I don't have to determine if the person's crazy or not because we pray for everybody. You know, you could be crazy and still see a UFO uh, or report that. You know what I'm saying? So as, as a minister, I don't care. I don't try to to uh, put them in categories. All I know is that there uh, is a, there's the real world and there's the spiritual world. And when a person is being attacked spiritually, uh, that's when they need the proper training or the guidance or a mentor like me to help them and come alongside and be an intercessory prayer warrior for them. Uh, on the note on Calvary Chapel, uh, the person is very much misinformed. First of all, I was with Calvary Chapel as a pastor for 10 years. I, I did use Oh, speak up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I think so. I was just fading for a second. Okay. I was with Calvary Chapel for many years. Uh, some years as a, I worked with Children's Church, and then for 10 years I was an ordained pastor. Uh, when the Lord uh, started calling me more and more to pray with people who reported UFOs and, and alien abductions, um, I said, okay, you know, Lord, send them to me. I'll pray with them, uh, especially when we were seeing results. And, of course, uh, you know, what I would call a very, um, you know, very conservative ministry, like Calvary Chapel, um, you know, they, they just thought that was just ministry that they didn't want to be affiliated with. And it's not you a denomination. Yes, they, didn't, they really didn't want me to do that ministry. And I've talked to Chuck a couple times in this, uh, Chuck Smith, who's the uh, founder uh, of Calvary Chapel, and with Bob Coy. And uh, Chuck Smith, uh, when they... Uh, uh, when it came down to the end, they said that I did not reflect the philosophy and style of Calvary Chapel. Well, of course I did. <laughs> you know, they they would turn anybody away that came to us if they saw a UFO or had an alien abduction. They would just write them off as nuts. And my thing was, look, they might even be nuts, but they still deserve prayer. And so that is why they ultimately, as a church, we first decided that if it came down to good ministry in this area, or losing our affiliation, we would continue to do as the Lord guided us And we have. We have a situation. Okay, one of the last questions we've had. Uh, we're down to about a minute, I think. Folks, thanks for listening this much to uh, Pastor Chris Ward. He's been our guest on um, Live from Roswell. His site is linked from livefromroswell.com, and he's also got um, a free book, or you can get the free PDF of case files of an Internet exorcist simply by emailing him, and he'll reply, he'll reply back to you. And again, if you want to, there's a video of an exorcism in progress linked from his page and from live from Roswell. Chris, I'm going to let you take us out over the break. Someone was asking uh, Jana about your degrees briefly, about your undergrad, grad, or doctorates you're working on. I think the program will end whenever Joe uh, has to. <laughs> oh, in like a minute or so. I know your, your bio is linked from your web page. I'll, I'll forward you Jana's question about your degrees, if that's okay. Anything else before we take off here? I do believe we're at the end of the age, but there is absolutely nothing to fear. God loves us people, and he will deliver us from these experiences.
Right on. I appreciate appreciate having you on as a guest and as a good friend over the years, too, and a founding member of Alien Resistance with Joe and I. Okay. Uh, it's been a great guy. Uh, anytime you want to call me or if you get a lot more questions, um, you know, just let me know. And also, I'm serious. I'll send him a free copy of my book. We're not in this for the money. Uh, this is my ministry. Okay, well, I know you got to be at work Monday morning to teach people, so I'll let you go, and I will forward a couple emails that have come in to you. Thank you, God bless, and God bless everyone for listening. Thank you once again. We'll join you next week. Take us out, Joe.